Welcome to It's a Good Life, a podcast dedicated to helping you live your best one. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs feel, think, and do better. Today, I want to talk about a subject I've been getting emails and personal notes about for quite some time now. We're calling today's episode Inflation and You. We'll cover the cause of inflation, how we react to inflation, and my best advice for you. So let's dive in. Most people are not too into economics or economic theory until such time as it starts to affect them personally. And obviously, if you are living on planet Earth right now, you are aware that things are costing a bit more money. And so where is this all going? What does it look like? Of course, during times like this, the massive doom and gloom guys come out. And you'll see that's all over YouTube, how the stock market's going to go to zero and we're all going to be trading boots for bananas and things like that. But the other side of it is, I think because of the world we're living in today, where everything's so immediate and everything's clickbait and everything is a reaction, we also miss out on the big picture. And also because politicians have really learned how to develop marketing plans. It's very difficult anymore to find anything related to basic fundamentals. And so this is one where I'm going to speak very definitively today on the subject of inflation because it is a very, very simple economic formula. There is no real wiggle room on this. I'm going to tell you where inflation comes from. I'm going to talk about the cause of it. I'm going to talk about how people react to it. And then I'm going to try to share with you some best advice. By definition, according to Mr. Webster, who I, you know, let's go to these basic things because what, what's, everything can be argued. I mean, people can argue that I'm not wearing a blue shirt today. And that's the world we live in. And that's okay. And by the way, you know, stupid is as stupid does. You know, there's an awful lot of stupidity in the marketplace today that has an awful lot of access to microphones, social media, and the ability to broadcast. So I'm going to share with you principles that are true. I'm going to share with you economic principles that are uh, just the facts of how economics work. And uh, you're going to hear some things, depending on which side of the political spectrum you fall on, that are not going to make you feel nice, warm, and fuzzy because it doesn't align with any political party or position. So your team might not be on the winning answer here. So the main thing is you've got to cut through all that garbage to be able to absorb what's true. Why? So that you can enjoy the good life. Why? Because good life costs money, so you've got to manage your money. Second, the good life requires peace of mind and um, things like inflation and all the news that comes around it can rob you of your peace of mind. And third, uh, anxiety is at an all-time high in our culture, in our world, post-COVID, mask mandates, vaccines, no vaccines, all the different fights that we're having and all the things that are now kind of out of control in a lot of ways. People are just anxious. And, you know, I've been traveling a lot lately. I've had a chance to do a few events, but also been on a lot of airplanes and a lot of airports. You just tell people are wrapped a little tight. And this is one of the subjects that's very easy to get people wrapped tight. By definition, by Mr. Webster, inflation is a general increase in prices, and that's one, and fall in the purchasing value of money. That's two. So it's an increase in prices and a fall in the purchasing value of money. So let's talk about it. How is it showing up? Well, Here's a few stats for you just in the last 12 months. And you tell me 
if we're in an inflationary period or not. Rental cars in the last 12 months have gone up by 42.9%. So to go rent a car. Gas prices are up 42.1%. Now, gas is not just in your vehicle. It's in all, so many different products. It's also the main way goods and services are still transported. So when gas is up 42%, everything gets hit. Used cars are up 24.4%. The one probably I'm most concerned about, now not just my own background from real estate, is the average rent in the United States up 20%. And you talk about homelessness. You talk about the working poor. This one concerns the daylights out of me. In some cities, for example, Miami, rents are up 50.5% in one year. 50%. Now, I know Miami's kind of a fun town, and it's nice and warm, and I like to go down there, and best Cuban food in the world. But I will say to you, 50% starts to put constriction on everything and everyone else. 25% in San Diego, where I live. Real estate, the actual cost of housing is up 18%. Hotels are up 18%. Furniture is up 11.2%. Meat, fish, and poultry. So if you're on a protein diet, you are paying 10.5% more than you used to. So we know that prices are up. Now, the dynamic there is now, what's the cause, right? Because if there's a cause of inflation, Everybody, when there's a problem, in our, especially in our world today more than ever before, we're looking for someone to blame. We're looking for someone to blame. And I'm going to share with you today, there's a lot of someones to blame. And because there's someone to blame that people are looking for, because these problems are everywhere, these are what they're called kitchen table issues in politics, now what's happened is people are running for cover. And you're going to hear all kinds of examples of why there's a problem. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to talk to you emphatically, this is just not negotiable, not debatable, what the cause of inflation is. There's only ever two causes. There only ever has been two causes. Now, there are many consequences, knock-on effects that show up. And again, that's what will be blamed. So people will talk about supply chain, and I'll talk about why there are supply chain issues right now. But supply chains are a consequence of the policies that produce inflation, okay? We can blame OPEC. Why? They're very far away for most people. And if those buggers would just turn on the faucet and give us more gas, then gas wouldn't be up 40%. So easy to talk about that. Easy to blame greedy corporations, all raising their prices, those greedy corporations. People who hate unions blame the, the unions for demanding more money. Lots of fighting over bad energy policy. And I'll talk about how bad our energy policy is um, and how long and how straight it is. And I'll get into that. And again, I'm coming at this from inflation today. This is not uh, where did the good life podcast go and where we're suddenly into politics. I'm just going to talk about inflation. And so the dynamic is this. There are only ever two reasons for inflation. Number one, government spending. Let me just let, I mean, let me say that again. Government spending. The second reason is monetary policy. Basically, how much money are they printing? That is the end of the conversation. Since economics was first developed and studied as a science, since inflation was first recorded, there are only two reasons for inflation. Government spending and government monetary policy, which is printing more money. Let me just get this out of the way right away. I'm going to say this to you, and again, I, I, I love the fact that I'm an Irish guy. I'm, I just turned 20. 
Uh, I'm 54 years old, but I just celebrated my 20th anniversary of becoming a citizen. I'm very, very thankful to become a citizen of America. I'm very proud to be Irish and very thankful to be an American citizen. The good life that I've been able to live here I've, the last 36 years and 20 of them as a citizen, very, very thankful for it. So let me say this as an Irishman who became an American. There is no difference between the political parties except what they want to spend the money on. There was a time when one of the political parties wanted to spend more money and the other one wanted to save more money. That is no longer the case. What the case is now is they argue over what to spend the money on. There is no difference. There's, there's some, a few outliers here and there, okay? And, uh, but for the most part, there is no difference between the political parties. In the current inflation problem, I'm going to say this to you. I can show you how the Trump administration and the Biden administration, I can show you exactly uh, where their part is in the cause of this inflation. And so it is government spending and then government monetary policy. So we have too much money chasing too few goods. Now, how do we get here? People are not trying to, whether in politics or otherwise, they're not trying to intentionally screw up a country, screw up its economy. But when you're a politician, the one thing you get to do that makes you feel like you got something done was spend money, right? That's what the purpose of Congress is. They have the purse strings. So when you spend money, you oh, we got a road built, or we got this done, or we got that done, makes you feel like you got something done, okay? So what happened is we had we locked the whole country down. Initially, remember, it was 30 days to stop the spread or 15 days and then another 30 days. And that was a couple of years ago. And so there was money injected. So where I will talk about uh, the, the Trump administration, they responded, hey, no one knew what was happening, knew what was coming. Boy, we might be looking at massive unemployment. Therefore, here comes for businesses. We had the PPP loans that could be forgiven if you kept your employees. Uh, here were checks, and um, the Trump administration's view was money is very cheap, the rates are very low. Right now, the more money in the system, the better, okay? And then Joe Biden becomes elected, and he's on the, I got them the money, so he got extra money for unemployment benefits, I got extra money for this, and tried the next bill, which was the Bill Back Better, $5 trillion, that didn't go down. Thank God it didn't go down. And I'm going to tell you why, because inflation would be out of control, like out of control for 10 years type thing. So it is government spending, and then it is monetary policy. Now, here's the number one side effect of this. Everybody feels good. It's like giving kids sugar. It's like an adult who's low on energy taking candy bars and coffee. And it's going to give you the jolt. So right now, we have too much money chasing too few goods because people have more money than they've ever had. Uh, the savings rate is the highest it's ever been in America. The average balance in a savings account is the highest it's ever been in American history and also all over the world. By the way, Southeast Asia is the same thing. This is the same all over the world. All the countries responded, hey, we have this virus. We don't know what's happening. It's killing people. We didn't know how deadly it was. We didn't know what it was going to be. It was like, hey, this is the Spanish flu of 1918. And so here we go. So they did the best they could. And all the countries around the world did the same thing. So we had an easing of monetary policy, and then you had a flooding of the system with government spending. And so the initial feeling with inflation is one of euphoria. I got money, I got, I got time. And right now that it was held and withheld for a while, so what happens is 
Uh, now you have people buying plane tickets. Plane tickets are the next thing to go through the roof. Uh, hotels, like I said, up 18%. That's why the rent-a-cars, why the rent-a-car industry was going bankrupt. Hertz filed bankruptcy during COVID. And now rental cars are up 42%. Why? They, they, they sold off their cars. Now they have fewer cars. And now everybody wants to travel. And the prices are through the roof. So it is a big side effect, right? Uh, off here in California, right? Everybody's seen the big barges full of products and goods and services trying to get in line. Why? We were slowing things down with COVID. You had slowing things down with manpower, but you had more money chasing too few goods. So that is always how this ends up going. So the initial phase is euphoria. Let me, let me tell you about the next phases that are coming. And this is why we're doing this show today. After euphoria, we're starting to see, okay, here's uh, food and real estate and rent. And you start to get into this, the actual cycle of what the inflation costs. And bit by bit, the money starts to disappear. Bit by bit, the prices stay high. Uh, there's, it's not possible to raise wages at the same rate as inflation. Now, let me tell you why inflation is such a deadly thing. Because one of the things you'll hear is there are people who believe that you can overinflate the economy. And there's actually people in government, in, our, in the U.S. government, who believe, that, you know, believe in hyperinflation uh, as a social construct to rejigger the whole economy. I'm not going to get into all that, but that's um, some real nonsense right there. So here's why inflation is bad. You know the old uh, song, there's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, there's a hole in the bucket. Well, a casino typically will have about 3% favor in its odds, okay? 3.5% maybe for a slot machine, maybe 25 in, in roulette or 3 in roulette, whatever it is. And I go to, I go to Vegas all the time. And I'm, I've said for 25 years, I'm the only man who goes to Vegas every time richer than I went. Uh, and the reason is I don't gamble. I always go there to work. I do conferences and presentations. I always come home with more money than I, than I left with. But the reason why casinos work and the reason when you go to Vegas, they're always building new casinos is people have a good time. They go there and they hear the bell, ding, 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 ding. You won. Oh, you got, uh, you put your money in roulette. You won. Oh, you, you did a card game. You won because you win a lot. You win a lot. The casino just knows that over time it has a 3% advantage. So it's as if it has a 3% inflation. So imagine you have a bucket of water. In this case, it's your money and a bucket of water, five gallon bucket, and it has a 3% hole in it. Over time, how much water will be left? What do you think? Right? If you have a 3% hole in a five-gallon bucket, eventually the bucket's going to be completely empty. So, for example, the longer you stay in Vegas, the more you will lose. And that's why they used to have the, the whales who were the big gamblers, and they'd have, a, they'd have free jet service for them, and there was always the legends. They'd be, they'd be a half hour out of McCarran Airport, and they'd be having mechanical difficulties because some... Whale had had a great weekend and won a few million dollars. And the plane lands back and the limos are there and they got a free hotel. Terribly sorry, sir. Because they know if they keep the whale gambling long enough, 3% is going to kick in and they'll empty out all his money. So what happens at today's inflation rate of 7.5%? Well, here's what it means. That the 7% inflation we had last year, right now it's at 75 and heading higher, by the way. The 7% inflation means this. At the start of the year, you had $100 in one year. And by the end of the year, it was worth $93. Now, just let that sink in for a second. You had 100 bucks. You worked hard. You saved your money. You had 100 bucks. 
By the end of the year, it's worth 93. You had 1000 bucks. By the end of the year, it's worth 930. You had 10,000 bucks. Now it's 9,300. Ooh, you had a million bucks. And at the end of the year, it's worth 930,000. Which is one of the reasons why people of the higher net worth right now are investing in assets. And I'm going to talk to you where there will be some happiness at the end of this uh, podcast today on what you can do with your money. But imagine this. Imagine that we have another seven years, or 7% uh, this year. It'll mean that your money's gone down 14% in a year, which means 100 bucks is now worth 86 bucks. Okay, in two years. Now that's a heck, a heck of a swing. And so that's why the initial feeling is euphoria. The initial feeling is we have money. I tell the story of going to Lake Tahoe with my kids and there was lines as long as you could see to go rent jet skis. Uh, they were 150 bucks an hour, I think, or 180 bucks an hour. And I'm like, where are all these people from? I understand it was interesting how everybody gets monetary policy. So we had reserved a bunch of jet skis for our kids and we, we came up there. We'd done it a week, a couple, week or two in advance. And I turned to the guy who was kidding us out and I said, where's all these people come from? He goes, oh man, you got to love that stimulus money. And people were using their stimulus money to rent jet skis, right? To, hey, this is never going to end. This is, I got some free money. Things are good. Let's go, baby. Let's go. And that's how inflation is always, when you're in inflation, that's how it feels on the front end. So we've been, had people paid not to work. We've had the great resignation and, and it's hard to get numbers on this, but last year in the U.S. alone, they're reckoning over 30 million people resign their job. And I've seen some reports that say as high as 38 million. Hard to know. But that is a very significant portion of the, of the workforce. There's 11 million open jobs. So productivity is down. There's 11 million open jobs. I, Super Bowl Sunday, I was throwing a, a barbecue for my kids and all their friends. And I went in, the manager's bagging. And I go, hey, what's up? He goes, we're eight people short. I can't get people to work. And you, if I'm talking to you, you know this. This is the same everywhere, same all over the world. Because people were paid not to work. Because people are in the euphoric, inflationary, early stages. But all of a sudden, all these high prices are going to start catching up with everybody. Uh, we have issues, and I'm going to tell you, we have, we have, and I don't know what it's going to take to fix our energy policy. Because we have people who are like, I want green energy, and I have, we have people going, drill, baby, drill. And, and just we're so far apart from a comprehensive strategy. Just to give you a little example, because no one talks about this stuff, there's 270 million vehicles on the road in the United States and 10 million of them are, of elect, are electric. And most of the electric vehicles, the electricity comes from fossil fuels. We need a comprehensive strategy, not, oh, we're just shutting everything off and prices skyrocket. Oh, we're just going to do it now. We're going to have a green policy. I mean, we have an electric grid across the United States that need massive overhaul just to be able to handle what it has. So we need policies that are ultimately much bigger than sound bites and much bigger than one dynamic. And, and what am I getting with this first piece? I am going to challenge you in your dynamics as you do your homework. And I hope you do your research. I hope you look up what inflation is all about. Because ultimately, one of the things is, that's not in your control is what the politicians do, except the politicians, believe it or not, work for us. And holding politicians accountable for what they spend money on and how much we're printing, those two items, if you hold politicians' feet to the fire, believe it or not, they'll listen to that. Sam Ewing, the great philosopher, said, inflation is when you pay $15 for the $10 haircut you used to get for $5. 
when you actually had hair. And so that's one of the dynamics we're seeing. Government policy, monetary policy, nothing you have any control over. And we have a bunch of side effects, all like the supply chain, all like these things that are coming to trip us up every hour of every day. Okay? So we've covered the cause of inflation. Join me Thursday when we talk about how we react to inflation and ultimately my best advice for you and your money during inflationary times. Well, someone who's given me a lot of good advice over the years is my mother, Therese, and she's got a great little phrase for all of you today, a little Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. 